and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where we talk about the joys of breeding rodents, oddly enough, and the best TV show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 26th episode in the series and the first of the second season, End of the Curse. <laughs> you know, I'm very proud to be on a podcast where we talk about breeding rodents. <laughs> yes, well, who wouldn't be? <laughs> so progressive all around. <laughs> um, I really like this episode. I think it's really strong, like coming in for the second season. It um it is a very wacky B story, um, probably the oddest of the get rich quick schemes that we'll see. So it's kind of great that it's all uphill from here. <laughs> uh <laughs> but um, but you know, talking about menopause and like such a relatable um older woman issue that's you know just out there, but also just having the show center around that is wildly progressive yeah i think rue won an emmy for this one actually totally makes sense um yeah i mean i think it's super progressive to talk about menopause at all and address it with a full like a full episode dedicated to that but also like the fact that when they're talking about um their periods they say the the, like i got my period when you know like and i like, I was racking my brain to think of another show where they just, like, outright said that. And I know that there have been episodes, but I feel like it's always, like, a very special episode. You know, like, it's never, like, <laughs> but so casually, which is the way that women really talk. And so, yeah. like, I I just, that really struck me when they're having that conversation in the kitchen. And there's not, like, there's a couple euphemisms here and there, but it's not, like, the only way they refer to it. No, you're right. They say period a lot of times. Like, and it's like, yeah, it just, when you were talking about that, it makes so much sense, but it also reminded me of all just like the pad commercials with the blue liquid (laughs) where it's like, come the fuck on guys, you know? So it's like, yeah, this is not, you don't, you don't blue liquid your conversation amongst your gal pals when you're talking about your periods, you're just saying period. So, um, no, it's, it's a fascinating conversation. I love it. And actually, I mean, there's so much, obviously, before we even get to that part, but I, I just want to focus on it now because I love Sophia's reaction there where they're talking about, you know, they're so much of the period talk is like caught up in this whole like, well, did anybody tell me about it? What was going on? You know, Blanche had this whole thing where they were using euphemisms, right, to confuse a young girl because mm. this whole weird shit in our society where we can't actually talk about women's bodies because they're gross and you know like Blanche is she's literally like I've had my period for two years but people are talking about this curse and like that (laughs) is something else that you know that's a very relatable thing it's played for laughs and it's obviously kooky ridiculous Blanche's you know past life stories but it's very relatable and it's you know the same thing where like Rose is like my you know my mother was very prim and proper like never talked about it that's a relatable thing too even though of course we've met Alma and she's the furthest thing from prim and proper but okay yeah (laughs) Um, but then Sophia is you know representing the like older older world thing like not steeped in this like funky American culture not that there's not you know disgusted women women's bodies in Sicily etc like misogyny is everywhere but where she's just like you know, I got it. Nobody told me. I didn't get it. Nobody told me. I figured this is life. And I went back to my meatballs. And that part cracks me up. And especially like I, that's always struck me, even when I was watching this as, as a younger you know, kid and a younger girl getting her period. <laughs> but like I'm just like not caring. Right. Like just being like, oh, my body is functioning as it should be like that trust as opposed to thinking something's wrong. But it made me think of like, oh, my God, we go on WebMD for everything today right yeah like there's not there's not that trust that like something wacky happening isn't 
wrong. Yeah. And I mean, I think, I, I think that, you know, like we have, I remember like the period class, I guess you would call it that we had in fifth <laughs> If you grade. could call yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there was that. And I think my mom was actually really great about, um, you know, like opening that line of communication and, yeah. and being You went to that. public school, right? Yeah, I sure did. <laughs> I sure did. That's why I can't do multiplication tables. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, I know some of my friends have, have moms who, or, you know, grew up without mothers or whatever, but, like, didn't have somewhere to, someone to talk to about it and were just like, uh, what, what do I do about it? You know, and, like, yeah. I, I feel like to, um, they also, when they're talking about the different ways that they handled getting it, like, it's it's again just so relatable and even though it's you know some of the details about their stories are dated it's it hasn't changed I don't think like I think if you got a group of tweens right now like they would all have similar uh accounts of that (laughs) so it's yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's true it's true and it's like um yeah (laughs) that you just really gave me a flashback there with the school like (laughs) quote-unquote class which was basically like shoving a maxi pad a little dental a dental bag for us being like here you go (laughs) we have to separate you from the boys because god forbid we tell them that women get periods yeah exactly what were they talking about disgusting god Um, so broken anyway (laughs) anyway but you know what so backing up a little bit I guess um or moving forward I'm not sure what direction this is but Blanche (laughs) actually thinks she's pregnant right which is also a whole thing that like is insane and like really (laughs) actually refreshing to see an older woman you know having this like oh have a pen yeah like you know it, it I feel like that story is never told from even the perspective of somebody who's like over 30 like it's always like a young yes. girl trying to figure out what to do and like yeah of course that happens and I, I think those stories should be told but I do think like there are single women in their 30s and 40s who could get pregnant and probably and do yes. you know like so it's I mean Blanche isn't in her 40s but she thinks she is so yeah <laughs> exactly exactly but it's but again like you know she is not prepared for menopause whatsoever so of course like her entire life up to this point when you don't get your period it means you're pregnant like it it totally makes sense and it's like the transition is totally valid from from her point of view (laughs) um I really I just I love this whole again like kind of the the group we've talked about this a little bit too and we see it so much in the series of like just the instant rallying like instantly rose and dorothy are like getting giddy about like helping raise the kid mm-hmm. you know and that that's that's not nothing yeah <laughs> you know? it's like it's kind of interesting they have co- had conversation before like we can't raise a baby you know like this is we, we're, we're grandmothers like this isn't fair at this point of life right that's the whole david conversation they were having mostly because he was a shitty teenage boy but <laughs> but like yeah. they're excited <laughs> about a baby but um but it's it's pretty amazing like they they instantly are like no don't worry like we got you we we support you immediately um which is super cool <laughs> yeah little rick joe bomb dob dave is gonna be- <laughs> yeah <laughs> so great also i love when they're chatting about um you know about like the boy going to uh harvard or you know all that kind of stuff also like presuming the sex of the baby come on guys. yeah um but um <laughs> then we get a rare view of the hallway uh-huh. I, I really like that which is pretty fun like a really hideous vase um in the corner <laughs> yeah um I also love when Dorothy is they're talking to her door and and um 
Dorothy just like casually drops like you'll have the amniocentesis like like it's in the middle of all of these other right. like, justifications which is great I mean you know like props to that exactly. researcher but like it, it just like is so such a, a big medical word you know yeah. to be in there <laughs> yes. I know exactly <laughs> exactly um I think it was very big in the 80s though so yeah it makes I'm a lot sure of sense, you know but um but yeah just like that being the reassurance pretty amazing so um I also enjoy the, you know, she's in there. Yeah, I love that. Really, really Columbo? <laughs> um, it's just such a perfect little play act. But speaking of, like, seeing the the hallway scene, we also get to see the garage. Oh, yes. Um, which is the site of, obviously, this hilarious get-rich-quick scheme, which, Although, by the way, none of the real-life <laughs> girls enjoyed this storyline, particularly Betty White and B. Arthur, who are both very big animal people. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, this is kind of fucked. So I think this didn't go over uh, very well, and I think the writers sort of figured it out immediately after, where they were like, we won't do these storylines again. I mean, <laughs> so. it's crazy. And it also, like, even in the episode Dorothy's like oh I didn't know how you would feel about this I know you really love animals exactly and it's I kind of wonder if that was a rewrite I know she just like dropped it and wouldn't stop um (laughs) but it is there's a it does make for a couple funny lines like um there's a the part about Rose is like oh I wish we could keep them alive and Sophia's like oh yeah many women love to wear coats that urinate coats that urinate Um, but we also need to talk about the fact like there is a big plot hole here and it's whether or not Stan ever got Dorothy a mink stole because yes I thought he did and it was stolen but in this one Stan wouldn't even buy a popcorn at the movie so he never got exactly. stole. so what is the truth <laughs> but I love that that like immediately second season we are already I mean we've already sort of fucked things up <laughs> back uh, you know in terms of storylines or keeping family straight or everything like that but it's just like Right out of the gate, we're just firmly establishing, like, there is no sort of, you know, canon <laughs> that we're following here. <laughs> we'll just do whatever is funny at the I time. I love it. Which is perfect. It's great. It's it's perfect. You know, we're just going for the jokes. That's all we're going for. Um, so, you know, they, they, Dorothy, Stan never got Dorothy a mink except the one that was stolen and returned, but whatever. Um, all of the things that I was looking at in this garage scene, um, <laughs> which are not main coats, <laughs> were hilarious. I was trying to count like as many weird things. First of all, Sophia is sitting on this like, you know, speaking of enough wicker, <laughs> this wicker throne, like this enormous, it must be just like a settee chair or something because <laughs> it's not made for one person. She's sitting on it like, you know, when she's cutting up the paper, talking about coats that urinate. It's amazing. But there's like multiple bicycles. There's a mounted fish, which may or may not be like a swordfish, which I think is like legally required in Miami. <laughs> like you just have to have that somewhere on your property. There's like pickled vegetables, which I thought was great. There's multiple strings of garlic. Like enormous oh, yeah, strings that. of garlic. There is like that old fashioned coat and pants hanger that like sits on the ground. There's what appears to be vacuum tubes and hat boxes, which makes sense for like, you know, ladies their age, etc. But there's also a copper still. Yeah, what? <laughs> which I'm like, yo, <laughs> you guys home brewing to home distilling here? It's amazing. So anyway, that was like just a little like fun uh, activity for me because <laughs> I was like, you just get, you know, you get the rare view of the garage when it's not being redone to turn into a bedroom <laughs> by a weird Italian invalid. Yeah, somebody went to like an encyclopedia and was like, garage, storage, <laughs> things that are kept in storage. Like... <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, there is like, but the minks do, I think... There's a lot of funny moments with within the menopause, the menopausal conversation as well. Um, yeah, 
but they do i you know and i think the b story i assume the logic for the b story is because it's like sort of you know like a really shallow metaphor i guess like for like (laughs) humans being quote-unquote too old to breed like it's as we are mansplained to by the vet later in the episode um oh god can we talk about how that is the oddest way like what a way to work that line into some sort of flirtation yeah right jesus christ not humans so gross give us a break would you very yeah oh my god (laughs) but i actually like like the whole yeah it is it is kind of a ridiculous metaphor throughout the entire episode but i do think they do a very very good job at the end where, you know, they're talking about just because they're too old to breathe, they're going to get rid of them. And I love the, the mink stay from Blanche and Dorothy just goes, right. Yeah. Like, it's actually like, it's kind of, it's kind of funny because the way B. Arthur reacts and delivers that line is her realizing the metaphor as it's happening. <laughs> so it's kind of like, you know, like she's like, this is so ridiculous. And it's too on the nose, like that I have to actually react this way. So I actually, I actually appreciate that because it's almost as if like they're, you know, the girls are in this uh, schema of saying the metaphor is too on app. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. B. Arthur. Um, I mean, you know, she's brilliant in this one as she always is, but there's another, which I actually feel like this joke will be used multiple times and it will make me laugh every single time and it's when (laughs) rose is talking about i think it's a pig and she's talking about how she doesn't like they would breed them on the farm and like one year one of them had like a bunch of piglets and they didn't know who the father was and dorothy's like my god what did you do on father's day (laughs) (laughs) so good it's that that you're right that kind of beat interplay is like perfect where rose is super super serious and dorothy is over the top sarcastic but it just comes off very very funny it's great because she's yeah i we never knew who the father was (laughs) like i mean god it's just perfect and i remember way back way back when we were talking about you know the early episodes of the first season of how betty white just nails rose immediately more than you know any of the other three um it's just she's just she just keeps getting better yeah she just keeps being more rose which there's is there's so many of those instances in here there's the whole like diatribe about the spanish fly spanish beetle situation but also um i want to talk about the psychiatrist the psychiatrist a little bit because <laughs> yeah. also betty white on point is like psychiatrist means psych which means psycho and it's for psycho <laughs> <laughs> so good it's like so ex- you can tell like it's a very like um internally held prejudice against psychiatrists yes. which makes sense considering Absolutely. that it makes sense for who rose's character is except again for like talking about canon for the fact that she worked at a grief counseling right. center you think she'd be a little bit more amenable to the practice of psychiatry <laughs> um in the okay, you just named two different scenes that I do want to talk about. Going back, uh, my only comment on the Spanish fly conversation, other than it is actually usually held up as like a very perfect example of like this like almost Abbott and Costello mm-hmm. routine of like of like someone of regular intellect <laughs> explaining to Rose like what this is, and she just perfectly is responding of saying like this is ridiculous. I need to know more, just like you would talk to a five year old. But also, like, uh, first of all, Rose has been to Spain. Yeah. <laughs> like, that cracks me up. And also, like, do Spaniards wear sombreros as well? Uh, or, we, or is I, Dorothy conflating it with Mexicans? I think she's honestly just so exhausted that she was just like, I, I can't talk about this anymore. I can't even. Yeah. 
All right, we'll give her a pass <laughs> for that. Conflating two cultures that have the joint language together. I mean, it's certainly not as offensive as fucking Rose talking about how their Spain was a dirty country, which is com- not yeah, true. Exactly. Also, Valencia <laughs> is how she says it too. It's perfect. <laughs> Well, not only, like, Rose has been to Spain, but backing up a little bit, too, Rose had a decorator help her with drapes <laughs> once? Come on, man. She came from the farm, like, five years ago. Maybe six at this point. Nancy Reagan. <laughs> she, she didn't have puce. Yeah, exactly. She didn't have puce drapes on her farmhouse. Like, get out of here. Maybe she did. I don't know. Maybe there was, like, one decorator in St. Olaf. Um, yeah. I think she had the only one. Um, and, you know... Blanche, I mean, Room Clanahan is the, obviously, like, the star of this episode. Um, She's so, I think we haven't talked about her as much because her performance is is incredible, but it's not super funny. Like, there's a couple parts that, you know, are are light, but but there are hints of um, the breakdown, the little balls of sunshine in a bag, which is amazing. (laughs) Um, But... uh, like in the psychiatrist yeah. episodes, she's so good at that panic freak out to make it feel real and also funny, but like toe that line. It's amazing. Yeah. And like being so despondent about this sort of like inevitable thing. I will say I was like, yes. so she had no, no like idea that this might be coming. Like, you know how old you are and you know, like scientifically menopause is a thing. So I was like a little bit okay but i also i i actually believe her being caught off guard about that only because she lies to herself about her age more than her being nine weeks late (laughs) and not realize like like the way dorothy reacts like nine weeks late and you just realize sort of say (laughs) i mean at least say like yes damn you had two full months you two full cycles in there man anyway exactly (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, I think she's amazing and I think she's so good at like being depressed, but also, and and she's not trying to hide it from her friends, but she is trying to make it seem more, um, I guess like she's more functional with it. Um, and eventually she obviously does have to get there and, you know, Danielle Seals writing a book, so she has to hang around. (laughs) Um, but yeah, and I mean, also like it is, it's so Blanche to bounce back when she sees an attractive man and I I think that this is an example of how this show does it so well is like she doesn't respond to a man's attention she responds to a man she likes which is exactly what she was saying to Lucy like she it's of her own accord that she's interested and it's not because he's like hitting on her which I feel like is so empowering and you know just another great example of how wildly feminist this show is yeah, exactly. And again, it's it's more it's not so straightforward. It's never presented so straightforward like, you know, a man that she likes and, you know, it's not it's not that she doesn't then appreciate the attention he gives her back, right? Because that that's part and parcel of liking anyone, right? Like it's like it's always a confidence booster when somebody returns your, you know, your feelings. But again, like to your point, she's not going to bounce back just because a man any man you know out there is going to you know give her attention like it has to be something that she thinks is worth pursuing um and you know and she just got and he just loves me you know like it's like she just gets so giddy and of course like dorothy's line like she could be in a coma put a man within five miles she'd roll over and she'd like like it's just phenomenal and it's like you know they give they give him credit at the end and then blanche says no it was actually oh. you guys like you you 
And the thing, like, it's, yeah, it's such a heartstring moment. Like, you know, you just let me carry on and be crazy and you were with me here through it all. Then, of course, you know, it's such a lovely moment that Sophia goes, we love yeah, you. But it's so nice. <laughs> it is so nice and it is so, like, just uh, another, rec- like, another piece of recognition of how important female friendships are. And um, yes. it's just, like, that is the real arc of this show. And I think, like, we've kind of, we might have said it outright, but I think that that maybe is why we both were drawn so much to the show. Because not that we are opposed to romantic relationships, obviously. Like, we both have people that we love and, and partners that we yeah. love. But it always did, like, irk me that every story was about a girl getting a man to fall in love with her. And, like, absolutely so nice to see a show that's not built around that, but have that as, like, a side to the main love story in this show, which is the friendship. Yeah, absolutely. And that's oh that's been the thread, you know, throughout and you're so right that this was one of the few examples of that in like an actual deep way, you know, yeah. not like very light like dumb sitcom families or other things like that that didn't really strike any real, you know, emotional chord with me, but like yeah, especially when I'm younger, you know, like in, when, when your friends are, and we, you and I have talked about this before of like, you know, not finding a partner for a really long time. And like, just also, you just feel so isolated and you're like, but I have, my friendships are the most important thing to me. Like, this is what I can control. And this is like, this is what keeps me going. And this is what, when I'm sort of searching for a partner or dating does, <laughs> you know, it's the same thing that these ladies do where it's like, it's always, those are always sort of secondary considerations to the, the, the friends that you have and in this particular sort of citation from Blanche like she basically says like you guys didn't really do anything specific you just let me be emotional you let me go through this on my own and like let me carry on and be crazy you know that whole thing it's like it's not like it was this like we sat you down and we had this grief talk and we said you know there's a couple moments in this show where like you know one of them says something that really is a turning pivot point but it's it's really just about being there it's about supporting it's about attending you know going to the psychiatrist's office with her right and just like all those little things is what friendship is or like i talked about before of just saying like when we thought you were pregnant like we're for it whatever you want to do like we're here to support you and it's it's the coolest thing because it's not the specific like incident it's just about being oh, there it's the best fluffy buffy buffy and joanne <laughs> I know. It's so great. It's so great. Um, but yeah, I think uh I do want to go over a few a few more lines because there's so many great lines in this one. I didn't even realize. And to your point, like Rue McClanahan is incredible and a lot of her stuff is serious, like especially when she's doing her, you know, sort of dialogue with the psychiatrist in the office. Like it means much more than that. And like, you know, she says this twice and like she really, really is is explaining you know uh, out loud and of course like immediately gets into the whole like a, an old friend like third party you know I'm, I'm happy she actually is able to open up mm-hmm. to the psychiatrist after being so close <laughs> with, but um but she does have this great line where she's like you know talking about her discomfort of being there and she's like nobody in my family has ever seen a psychiatrist except of course when they were institutionalized <laughs> I just every time like that's one of the pre laughter lines for me. So great. so great, and the psychiatrist oh, no. I think does a good job at um, which I I will say that I think my expectations were low for that, but he does a good job at sort of like trying to talk her down without acting like he can understand what it's like because I think you know yes. you can you can empathize to a degree if you're not a woman who's going to deal with menopause, but really like it's not yes. you can't understand. 
Exactly. Like he says, why wouldn't I understand? But he uses that psychiatrist yeah. tactic of like, I want to hear it from you. And I think that's great. You know, and like she talks about like Cary Grant, you know, can have any man- woman he wants. And like, you know, later when she's talking to girls are like, they, they say we're crazy when we get them. I'm crazy when we don't get them. And it's such it's such a perfect like, you know, just like women who get periods only like conversation mm-hmm. to have. And you're right. It's like and it's it's difficult, too, because, again, the the psychiatrist being a man was probably a really good um you know tactic for the show to take there so she could actually have that conversation and bring out that dialogue so um the other (laughs) going back to the very very beginning one of the other lines i love is like you know what else is a shame when your thighs (laughs) squish out to twice their size you sit down that's a shame and honestly yeah no i wrote that down too i was like oh (laughs) so true just wisdom from rose <laughs> that's completely not you know uh anything also holy shit the outfits this season oh my level. god yeah. like dorothy's dorothy's outfits are unreal like there's at least three of them in this episode rose is wearing like a sweater with a house and a blue sky and like the sun in the corner like a little kid like drew a picture yep. and it's it's so good it's incredible um but yeah, and then of course, like I, I'm pretty sure, like the earrings, like the '80s earrings, like that Lucy was wearing, were, were like painted a more like you know black and silver color, like just for this. Season. Yeah, I think they're gonna <laughs> lean more into the because we did see flashes of it in the first season of like each of their styles. But um, yes. I mean, I think it's in the third episode of this season that Dorothy's wearing that sort of like iconic green silk almost tuxedo Yo, thing, yes. you know like it's definitely yes. starting here and yeah like even when they're in the garage with the minx and dorothy's wearing like the the sweatshirt like it's very like i think if you are a fan of the show on any level you can pick out which outfit belonged to which girl like they really made them have their own sense of style and oh and yeah so great to see that exactly it's fantastic um yeah and the <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going through all my scholarly <laughs> notes. Um, Sophia in this one, you know, she she's just as usual in some of these episodes, like, you know, she's sort of the ultimate foil, right? Like, she's just kind of sassing Blanche about, you know, like you said earlier, like, Rick Joe Bob's on Dave. <laughs> like, that's just, like, she's just constantly, like, poking at, um, you know, the, the situation. She's she's not exactly empathetic here. Like, she's the one that says, we live here. Like, what are you talking about? Of course we're gonna be here, you know? Um, and not really absor- absorb it, but just she's, like, poking, poking fun at Blanche. She's like, do you realize I'll be six years old when this child graduates high school and she just goes try 70 and she gives this perfect look of like get over yourself and it's magnificent where she's already you know she's like my body will never come back from this one you barely came back from the last one like it's just it's just cutting it's terrible it's so mean but it's you fantastic. just grow a beard yeah i look like Arafat. It's so it's so great also is this the first mention of wolfie i, I think like it is Wolfies. yeah uh yeah is like you know i'm here because you're going to wolfie's after like again like just not supportive whatsoever (laughs) i'm in for the The guy is talking about the martian who landed a shipping yard and she's like i'm out goodbye you know um but of course like she you know again this is how everyone remembers sophia more than like you know she i mean she has these lovely warm moments and like she's telling her wisdom and her stories and she you know she brings that out but everybody remembers her as the punchy punchy old broad from the golden girls this is like this character to a t yeah but i think i think in the scenes where she is in there she she does break it up like you kind of need her because i think it's yeah 
thoughtfully inserted. It's like when Dorothy is asking Blanche, when was your fertile period? Which is such a, like, a scientific way to <laughs> ask that question. I know. And, um, you know, they're talking about, like, who the father is and whatever. And Sophia just, like, comes in, like, several times with, like, we know what she did. We don't know with who. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, you're right. It is. I mean, it's it's the the counterbalance of just like having humor about this very serious topic, it, even if it was getting pregnant at sixty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But anyway, a super strong start to uh, our second yeah, season. Yeah, I love it. Um, of course. So, all righty. Well, I think uh, that wraps up end of the curse. We can join us next time when we discuss the <laughs> three R's: Raffles, Reynolds, and the ridiculousness that ensues after being mistaken for a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, everybody. <laughs>